Good morning, everybody, and welcome to St Paul's Online Sunday Worship. My name is Jonathan G. I'm the vicar, and it is a privilege to welcome you, uh, especially if you are a visitor clocking in from further afield than Leamington, or indeed from Leamington, and particularly if you are exploring what the Christian faith is all about. We pray that the Lord will reveal some of his goodness to you uh, as you watch our service this morning. In a moment, Ross is going to lead us in our opening worship, but first let's pray that the Lord will meet with each one of us. We praise you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are risen from the dead and ascended and sitting at the right hand of the Father, praying for us, pouring your Spirit out upon us. We pray, send your Spirit on all those who are watching this service now. Meet with us. And whether we've been Christians for many, many years or whether we're just dipping our toe in the water to see what it's all about, please will you lead us the next step in our relationship with you. Help us as we worship and may what we bring be pleasing to you and we offer it to you in your great name. Amen. Yeah. 
believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Good morning, my name is Katie, I'm the Children's Minister at St Paul's. This week we're thinking about Ascension Day. We spoke about this last week and we're going to have another think about it today. But let's share the story with you first, just as a reminder. Then the disciples gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I'm sure Charlotte was thrilled to have been part of that production. Um, so last week, Adam reminded us that we don't know about God's timing. And sometimes that can be tricky, but it helps us to trust God. This week, we're going to really think about verses 10 and 11. And they say, they as in the disciples, were looking really intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back. He's promised us he will, and the two men dressed in white, who we think are angels, confirmed that promise. Now you might be thinking, so what, he's coming back? Or you might be thinking, oh, that's really cool, he's coming back. It might not mean a lot to you, because it's quite hard to imagine and think about Jesus coming back and actually meeting him face to face. But Jesus coming back has a huge impact on the way we need to live our lives. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells us to keep watch because you do not know the day that your Lord will come. So we can't just sit back knowing we're saved through God's grace and forgiveness, but we need to make sure we live our lives in a special way because of that. We need to do the things Jesus asked us to do, love each other, love God, spread his Gospel, because Jesus could come back at any time. When I was a teenager, my mum would go out to buy food or something and leave a list of jobs for me and my three brothers to do. So often we would sit and watch TV instead until we heard her car pull up on the drive outside and then we'd race around trying to get all the jobs done in the two minutes before she entered the door. Of course, we never managed it and she always knew what we'd done. Partly because she could see us through the window suddenly jump up from in front of the TV and race off. But this is a bit like that. Jesus has left us some jobs to do and we won't get them done if we wait until the last minute before he comes back. We just won't have the time. We need to love each other now. We need to love God now. We need to share the gospel to everyone we know now. There isn't time to wait. Jesus will come back and we need to be ready for when he does. So I encourage you this week to really think about that. Are you sharing God's love? You can do this just by smiling at people you walk past and being kind to the people that you talk to. Are you showing God that you love him? You can do this just by chatting to him every day, making time to read the Bible. And finally, are you sharing the gospel with people now? It's sort of never been easier to do this. 
You can just pop a picture with a Bible verse in your window alongside your rainbows and other things. You could write it onto your rainbow. The rainbow is, after all, a sign of God's promise of love to the world. So get ready, because Jesus is coming back. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that we know Jesus will one day return. And Lord, we ask for your help that we will do the jobs Jesus has left us to do and that we will be ready when he returns. Amen. Well, thank you, Katie, very much for that. And thank you, Charlotte, for acting out the Ascension for us as well, close to your first birthday. Uh, Katie has challenged us to live ready for when Jesus returns. That means living with him as our Lord and King every day of our lives. Uh, last week, Rob taught us a new song, My God's the King of Me. And we're going to sing that song again this week. Uh, though this week Rob has enlisted his family and the Penny family to help us with the actions. So let's enjoy this song and I invite you to join in with the actions and the words at home. Thank you everybody that was wonderful and if any other families or any individual would like to help with our actions in future weeks or indeed in leading the prayers or perhaps you have a story of God's goodness to tell do please get in touch with me or Adam and we'll try and include you in one of the weeks to come. Last week Kate and Lizzie and the youth group led us in brilliant prayers uh, 
lots of interactive going around the house to find things. I can't compete with that. But this week we're going to see three short videos uh, and I'm going to lead in a prayer after each one. In the past weeks we've heard from some of our doctors and our teachers and mission partners. Uh, today we're going to hear from Roger Penny, who you've just seen acting in that song, uh, about what it's like to be doing business from home and being on conference calls all day. And I've asked him how we can pray for him and people in his sort of work situation. Morning, I'm Roger Penny. I am one of the wardens here at St Paul's. Jonathan has asked me to explain what it's like to be working from home uh, and being on Zoom all day. Certainly for me, that's what it feels like all day, every day. Uh, working for a technology company, I actually work for an American software company called VMware and I'm the client director looking after customers like Jaguar Land Rover and Rolls-Royce. And it's uh, been an interesting transition despite having all of the technology at my fingertips where my usual day job would be out and about seeing customers, having lots of meetings and being quite social actually. Uh, it's part of the uh, one of the great upsides of being a, in a sales role. Um, doing it over the phone uh, and mainly over video conferencing has been quite tough, um, mainly because it is relentless. It's every meeting back to back. Uh, you have to be very, very disciplined um, and putting breaks in your diary. I certainly wasn't at the start of this and was having days where I was starting at 8.30, 9 o'clock, pretty much being on video all day and I was surprised at how exhausting it really was. One thing I'm quite surprised about with this lockdown is how much I've actually missed my um, commute to and from the office uh, and in between meetings. Um, I didn't realise quite how much I enjoyed the downtime between meetings, just having some time to think about the day and have some uh, headspace. It's um, been quite a surprise missing that. Finally, Jonathan asked about what things we can think about for praying for people like myself uh, and people who are working from home. So the key thing, it'd be lovely to pray for those people, particularly who are working from home and are living alone as well. Some of my colleagues are like that and have said they're um, feeling a little bit isolated. So let's pray for those people and also pray for people who have had a real challenge transitioning into this new way of working. Let's pray for peace upon them. Um, so that'd be great. Thanks. So let's pray for Roger and all those whose work has been made harder by this lockdown period and all those who carry significant responsibility. You might like just to close your eyes and think of someone you know who carries responsibility and whose work has been made harder and more demanding. We thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for all those who are working so hard. And we pray your blessing particularly on everyone whose work has been made more demanding by this lockdown and by those carrying heavy responsibility in such uncertain times. We pray for Roger and his work. Uh, you've brought to my mind Paul, who has responsibility for overseeing the manufacture of millions of cardboard boxes in which so much internet shopping is delivered. And for Chris, who oversees Hermes and their delivery around the UK. And I think of head teachers at the moment, we're having to work out how to bring children back to school and at what pace and how it will work in their schools. We pray for Gail in our church family and Justin and the schools they lead. And we pray for Matt who leads our church school at St Paul's. Give them wisdom from above, we pray. And we pray for everybody who's been working hard that this bank holiday and half-term week would provide something of a respite and rest and refreshment. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In this next video, we're going to hear from Bishop Christopher, who leads our Diocese of Coventry. We're in the middle of 10 days of prayer for the worldwide church between Ascension and Pentecost. And Bishop Christopher is inviting us to join in with a diocesan service next Sunday evening. Let's hear from him now. 2020 Spirit Vision is the name of our Pentecost praise service. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity for us to 
gather from right across the diocese to celebrate the remarkable and wonderful ways in which God is working among us during these strange times that we're living through. There'll be some great things happening in the service. I'm especially looking forward to a song that we'll hear towards the end, which is being produced by the, the same team that orchestrated the Coventry Blessing song that you might have uh, listened into uh, a few weeks ago. So I invite you to join us in celebrating Pentecost together as a whole diocese. So next Sunday morning we'll have our usual service at 10 o'clock and then I invite you to join in with the rest of the diocese uh, at six o'clock next Sunday evening for that special Pentecost service. Let's pray now for God to pour out his spirit on his churches and his people all around the world. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that when you ascended on high, you said you would pour out your spirit. And we thank you that you did that on that first day of Pentecost 2000 years ago, and you continue to do so today. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us at St Paul's, on our diocesan church family, on the church in this town and this nation, and all around the world. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and make us better at bearing witness to your great love for everyone in this world. And we pray pour out your Spirit around the world and be drawing people back to you. Thank you that there is a new openness to you, to prayer, to things that really matter, to issues of life and death. Guide us as we pray for friends and family and work colleagues and neighbours. And give us opportunities, we pray, to point people to Jesus. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. I was about to stop the video there, but let me introduce uh, the next video clip we're going to see before we pray. In our country, we are very fortunate to have safe houses and clean water and shops with food and the NHS to help us when we are ill. Uh, but all around the world, there are people who don't have those things. Jason Garrett works for World Vision and they are involved in a huge humanitarian effort. And they've put this video together and we'll watch this and then I'll lead in prayer about this too. When it comes to facing COVID-19, we're all fragile, but we're not equally fragile. As many as 30 million children's lives could be severely impacted by the secondary effects of COVID-19. They don't have the ability to practice social distancing. They don't have hospitals that they can go to. Most of the time, they don't even have proper hand washing facilities. If this virus gets to these camps, it's going to be catastrophic. So right now, World Vision is responding around the world to the COVID-19 pandemic. Creating isolation units and beds and testing facilities. To distribute food, education and hygiene kits. Partnering with the United Nations, with national governments. To reach 72 million people. It's World Vision's biggest emergency response in its 70-year history. We want to be in the world what we think Jesus Christ would be if he were here in the middle of all these problems and needs. In this time of need, oh Father God, here we are stepping out, Father God, out of the four walls. You know, the measure of what a man believes is what he does, and never more so than right now. For 70 years, the church has stood with World Vision. And those who serve need our support now more than ever. Together. Together. Together, we can protect some of the world's most vulnerable children from coronavirus. So let's pray together. 
We thank you, Lord God our Father, for all the good things you have given to us. For clean water to drink and wash in. For homes that are safe. For food in our shops. For the NHS and those who care for us. And that we know your love to be real for us. We pray for those all around the world who don't have these things. For Jason and others working with him for World Vision in this huge effort. For others in similar fields, for David who works with Barnabas Fund, for Jonathan with Save the Children, for Open Doors, our mission partners working with Christians who are persecuted as well as struggling with all these things. Pour out your blessing on all those working to bring aid and relief and help and to do it in the name of Jesus. And we pray that as well as the practical things that are needed, uh, people would discover the good news of your love for us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's bring all our prayers to a close as we pray together the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now let's lift our eyes to the Lord in worship again. Uh, as Ross leads us in two songs of worship.
from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, 
Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times and dates the Lord the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way as you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. My name's Adam. I'm one of the clergy at St Paul's. I'm really grateful to Kerry there for reading to us the story of the Ascension again. And last week, Jonathan mentioned how the story of the Ascension is often one that's missed in the church uh, calendar. Maybe it's easier for us to relate to a Jesus who was born in a stable, or maybe one that was healing, or, or perhaps even a Christ who died on the cross, than it is for us to think about a God that, that raises to the sky somehow. Although that said, kudos to the Chapel of the Ascension at Walsingham Abbey. Uh, they've actually made uh, paper master a feat of Jesus to poke out of the ceiling of the chapel there. I've never actually visited myself, hope to go at some point. There are so many things in this passage that we could uh, think about. And last week uh, we began by thinking about the questions that the disciples had uh, for Jesus and how sometimes we don't know the answer to all of our questions. Jonathan helped us to think about what it was that Jesus went to do when he rose from the dead. He intercedes for us uh, with the Father. And I'm grateful to Katie for helping us to think about the fact that Jesus will return and that we have a job to do in the meantime. But there are two themes which we see throughout scripture but are most evident in this passage. The Lordship of Christ and the power of God at work. The Lordship of Christ is fairly obvious to see in this passage. The disciples not only call Jesus Lord by name, but also it's him that they go to in their questions and their doubts. It's him that they go to uh, for reassurance. He's the one that brings them that peace, that reassurance that answers their questions. I wonder if today you can say that you're living and knowing that Jesus is the Lord of your life, or if you've allowed someone else or something else to take that place. How will you know? Well, perhaps one of the ways that you might know that is when you reach times of difficulty in your life. Maybe in these times you're finding yourself more and more tuned into the news. A thirst for knowledge is perhaps becoming a lord in your life. Maybe it's something more destructive. Maybe uh, you're turning to food or to alcohol or it's something even, uh, even more destructive than those. If you know me, you'll know I've lost a significant amount of weight, particularly over the last year or so. And one of the reasons for that was that I realised that food had taken the place of the Lord in my life, at least in part. Often when it would be food that I turned to in difficult times. And it's easy when life gets hard for us to slip back into old habits. Truthfully, I've put on four or five pounds in this season and I'm looking to lose that again now. But Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your might and lean not on your own understanding. I wonder if this morning you can say you're trusting on the, in the Lord with all your might or if you've allowed yourself to slip into old habits or perhaps even to form new ones. I said the second theme that we see in this passage is the power of God. And if you know me, you'll know my favourite verses in the Bible are found in Ephesians 1, where Paul prays that, um, that we would know the power which God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. And when we think about ascension, if indeed we ever do, it's easy to perhaps see this sort of gentle, serene image of Jesus floating into the skies. It doesn't look powerful, it doesn't look mighty, does it? 
But Paul reminds us here that it was God's mighty strength, mighty power at work, which raised Christ from the dead. He also says that same power is available to us. How powerful are you feeling at the moment? Unless you're one of the people working perhaps on a vaccine or on the front line at the moment, maybe you're feeling pretty powerless at the moment. I expect it was that feeling of powerlessness that uh, led people to go out and panic buy at the start of this uh, pandemic, bringing back some power for ourselves in the face of powerlessness. But be aware that it's God's power that Paul asks us to recognise at work in our own lives, not our own power. In Corinthians, he quotes the Lord speaking to him when God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on to say that he will boast all the more gladly about his weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on him. That's why for Christ's sake, he says, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Or to put it another way, as Joyce Mayer said, we don't need to have more self-confidence. We need to have more God-confidence. We don't need more self-confidence. We need more God-confidence. Confidence in God's power at work in us. I don't know if you know this story, forgive me if you do, but there was a young boy who won a trip to go on a tour of a sweet factory. It happened at the end of the working shift and they were wandering around looking at all the different sweets and he came to the big vat of toffee that would be poured into the toffee moulds. And he was so taken by this, his toffees were his most favourite sweet, that at the end of the tour he snuck off from the rest of the group to go back and have another look. And as he was doing so he fell in to the vat of toffee. He called out for help, but nobody came. It was a Friday, it was the end of the shift, the lights started to go out. Realising he would be stuck there until the Monday morning, he looked at this vat of toffee around him and he simply prayed, Lord, give me an appetite for the opportunity that is before me. Lord, give me an appetite for the opportunity that is before me. Right now we have an amazing opportunity before us. This time is difficult for everybody in this world at the moment. You'll see that lots of people have responded to this time by googling the word prayer or something similar in Google. God has the power to bring revival on this land to make this the Royal Leamington Spa, his Royal Leamington Spa, that his name would be greater and more talked about than ever, even the word coronavirus. The opportunity we have, as Katie said, to do the things that God has left us to do but that will always start with our own personal revival. Let's pray that God would give us an appetite for the opportunity that is before us. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that you sent your son for us, that you raised him using your mighty power from the dead and seated him with you in the heavenly realms. We thank you that it says elsewhere that we are seated with you in those heavenlies. Lord, would you give us an appetite for the opportunity that is before us? and help us to know your power and your presence at work in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
Thank you, Ross. I love that song of blessing and find myself watching it once or twice a week and it never fails to do me good. I'm going to use those words now in our closing prayer of blessing. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look kindly on you and give you his peace. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and on all those in your household this day and forevermore. Amen. Our service is over, but I want to invite you to join us for our Zoom prayer meeting this evening. The link has been sent out by Adam and Jan earlier in the week. That's at 7.30 this evening and we'll split into fours to pray about various things. Uh, I also want to wish you a very happy bank holiday and half term, whatever you're doing. Uh, and if you are wanting to find out more about the Christian faith, then do please drop me an email and we can take it from there. Thank you.